Pray with me. Father, thank you for this uh, evening, this afternoon we can gather and fellowship and study your word and just enjoy your presence, Lord. And Lord, thank you for each person that you've, you've brought. And uh, Lord, you know the needs and uh, the, the desires of each one and you know their heart. And where each one of us is spiritually. And Father, you are a good God. You're a good shepherd. You're the shepherd who goes after the sheep that has wandered away. And so, Lord, we just thank you for this time. Pray your blessing on, on your word. I pray, as, as you told Jeremiah, I will put my words in your mouth. Lord, I pray that you give me your words to say. And I pray, Lord, for a blessed time afterwards, fellowship with the food. Thank you for everyone who's here to participate in that and enjoy that. I pray your blessing on our meal, on our, on our friendship. On our relationships, God, I pray that you would strengthen our, our friendships and relationships and that you would um, just keep the spirit of unity within this church, God. And, and we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. We're going to look at Ephesians 5. We're in the study of Ephesians. So if you want to go to Ephesians 5, and we're like probably like in the most, one of the most popular sections of Ephesians. And I don't know how far I'll get. In fact, I might keep it shorter because, in fact, we have food waiting, so we might go a little bit shorter than normal, which means 50 minutes instead of an hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> Ephesians 5. Actually, we're going to cover verses 22 to verses 33 at the end of the chapter, but we may not get very far. Ephesians 5.22 says, Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. Oh, ouch. That's a, hard sub- that's a hard verse to start with. Technically, he starts with verse, uh, verse uh, 18. He says, And do not be drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. The thought starts with verse 18, being filled with the Spirit. And one of the effects of being filled with the Spirit is being submissive to one another. In fact, he starts off with verse 18 as the main verb there, be filled with the Spirit, and the result will be speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in your hearts to the Lord, joyfulness, thankfulness, all this kind of stuff, and verse 21, being subject to one another in the fear of Christ. We covered that verse last week. So in thinking of this, Wives be subject, of course the verb is not actually there, it's uh, assumed from verse 21, be subject to your own husbands, it's in the flow of thought of being filled with the Spirit. It flows, okay? So Paul doesn't just start, be, no, you wives, you've got to be filled, or you've got to be subject. As if he changes, he's flowing from being filled with the Spirit, it all affects relationships. Which means that your relationship with God ought to become first, which means that you and God you get filled with God so that you can fill those around you. So you can impact other people around you. So he says, Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church. He himself being the Savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also the wives ought to be to their husbands in everything. Now, he only gives a few words to the wives in this chapter, you know. Uh, Peter gives more words, and, and, uh, but here he only gives a few words to the wives. He gives the dominant emphasis on instructions to the husbands. 
He says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and blameless. So husbands ought also to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church, because we are members of his body. For this reason, he's quoting from Genesis 2.24, For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife. Sorry, Mom. Got to leave home. Got to connect with my wife. And the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is great, but I'm speaking with reference to Christ and the church. Now here's the summary statement. Nevertheless, each individual among you is to love his own wife even as himself, and the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. So he starts off with wives, submit to your husbands. Husbands, love your wives. He ends with the same two categories. Husbands, love your wife as yourself. Wives, respect your husband. Okay, so, so, so there you go. Okay, we can wrap it up and go home, and that's all you have to do, right? No. <laughs> I wish. I wish. Because this is, first of all, this is, this is kind of, this is delicate here, so I don't know how far I'll get, okay? Um, because he has, he has word to speak to the, to the wives, and he has word to speak to the Now, I kind of wish we had wives on one side, husband on one side, but we don't, because we're kind of heavily weighted on the one side over here. He has words to both, and the whole goal of his instruction to husbands and wives is unity. The whole theme of the Ephesian letter is unity. Okay? There is order and unity within the body of Christ, within with the church, and within the family. In fact, what's interesting is the very next chapter, actually the next chapter is children and parents, right? And of course, you know... That whole thing, because you have to raise your kids, and there's always instructions. And your kids are almost perfect, so I don't. I won't talk to you, Carrie. But most of our <laughs> of instructions to parents to their children, because there's there's always that that tension to go back and forth, right? And employers and employees are slaves and masters. But the next chapter, the end of the next chapter, is on spiritual warfare. So he starts with filling with the Spirit, flows into relationships as a result. Of how to, of that feeling of the spirit, he ends. He ends the book with spiritual warfare. He talks about feeling with the spirit. He flows into husbands, wives, families, da da da, relationships, and he ends with. Now put on the full armor of God. Why? Because God knows, and Paul knows, and now we're learning. We will learn, is that where does spiritual warfare really occur? occurs in relationships, specifically the family. So we'll get to that in a few weeks. That's not part of the topic today. So today, Lord willing, uh, we're going to talk to wives first and to husbands. Now, he says to wives, ooh, ouch. Be careful, John, how you do this. Uh, okay, I want to give you this, this uh, wives... And husbands, we are in a privileged position. Think about this. The very nature of marriage, the fact of marriage, which goes back to Genesis 1 and 2, right, is a picture of relationship of the Godhead. 
God the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. There's this unity in, in one, right? So very early on, he establishes a marriage, and it's a beautiful thing, right? Genesis 3 comes along, and the fall happens. In fact, instantly, the attack is on God and relationships. God, what, God says to Adam, what did you do? Well, the woman you gave me. Right off the bat, there's a blame game, right? It's her fault. Well, it's his fault, right? And that starts the rest of the process. If we understand that marriage is a privileged position, wives, you have a privileged position. When he says, wives, submit to your husband, it is not to be demeaning to the wife. In fact, we understand that submitting is a word that was used in the military for ordering the the troops so that they are structured underneath the command of their commanding officer so that the whole unit can go and do what they're supposed to do, right? And you're standing and you're in your line with your military friends, and some of our military people can attest to this, that you are dependent on the guy next to you and he's dependent on you. You have this guy's back and he's got your back and you're all one unit. That's how marriage is supposed to be, a unit. So, the question is this. Wives, what is the purpose of your submission to your husband? What is the purpose? What's the goal of your submission? That's the overall thing we're going to look at and hopefully answer. Because you, as wives, actually share a privileged position with the church. Look what he says here. He says, wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. We'll get to that in a second. But then he says, the, as the, the husband is the head of the wife, we'll explain that. So Christ is the head of the church, verse 24. As the church is subject to Christ, so wives also to their husbands. You see that? As the church is to Christ, you wives are to your husband. Okay, there is a privileged position. Because the way or the relationship that the church has to Christ, which I hope to, uh, maybe, I don't know if we'll get to this week, sort of elaborate on, is a beautiful thing. The relationship between Christ and the church is a beautiful thing. In fact, guys, we can learn a lot about how Christ loves the church. It's almost like you're, okay, you think you're good at something, right? Let's, how many of you guys are good at sports or something? Tim's good at playing. You're good at stuff, right? You think you're good at stuff. And then there's that one guy that comes in. Oh, he's LeBron James or some, you know, some, somebody that's like, you know, or Kevin Durant, or I think he's better, but it's that one guy, right? You think you're good, and then there's that one guy. Jesus is that one guy who kind of just shows you, you thought you knew a, a lot about what is basketball or whatever subject, but then here's Jesus. He shows up, and he shows you what, really what it means to be a husband. And so we step back and we say, okay, I want to take notes from him. We'll get to that in a second. I don't know how far, how far we're going to get today. So, because food's outside, you know, potluck, you know, good luck, potluck. So the question we're asking the wives is, wait, you be sub- submissive to your husband. The, what is the purpose of that? And what does God intend to do in that? Because nothing is commanded in Scripture without having some purpose in mind. Now, here's what's interesting. In Paul's day, back in the first century, when in the Roman times too, when a woman married, uh, you know, got married to the spouse, the woman had no rights, for one thing. Wives didn't, the, she, didn't have, she was property. In fact, wives were good for raising legitimate children, but the man had other sidekicks around. 
for pleasure and other things. But, but she was good for ha- keeping the household in order, raising the legitimate children, and having a good name for him. But she had no rights. In fact, the very fact that Paul is addressing her first means that he has elevated her position. The fact he's even talking to the wife first has given credence to her as a person, which is kind of what Jesus does, right? He gives credence and value to the woman. So he addresses the woman here. He says, woman, submit to your husband. Now, that's sometimes hard to do. How many got? Okay, I'm not going to... Don't raise your hands. Uh, if you're, unless, you, <laughs> unless your husband... But sometimes it's hard to submit to your husband, right? Because there could be abuse, there could be neglect, there could be history, there could be... I'm sorry, my husband is an idiot. Now, if I look at somebody in the eye, I'm not thinking of you. I'm just, I'm just trying to... Just, I'm trying to just... You know, so, so don't sit there and think, man, he must know something I don't know, but... He's an idiot. Can we say that in church? Because that's what you're thinking. I'm smarter than him. I'm holier than him. I'm more faithful than him. In fact, he's a turkey, right? What does he know? Or he's really, really been abusive and mean and neglectful, and, and I'm scared of that. <clears throat> you're not submitting to abuse. Paul doesn't say that. Don't, he doesn't say submit to abuse. Submit to him as your, as your, as your head. Now, now, Christ is the head of the church, and the man, or the husband, rather, is, is head of his wife. And the headship, we'll talk to that in God with, with the men, has great responsibility. Okay. So there's a tendency to say, my wife or my husband, uh, I don't want to submit to him. Oh, I don't like men. Okay, why'd you get married? But anyway, um, being submissive does not mean that you are inferior. Again, we just said Paul mentions her first, which means that her value is raised up. We already know that, that wives and husbands are equal value, but this is more for order within the family unit because God wants to accomplish something through that family. He wants to accomplish something within each person in that family individually, the wife, the husband, the children, and as a unit, accomplish something for his glory and his goodness. Today, the traditional marriage roles, are, of course, are rejected, right? You have, come on, you guys know this, you have most, a lot of TV shows and movies and books or whatever, who is made to look like the complete idiot? The man, Right? The man of the show is always the, the moron of the show, and it sort of devalues the man as the husband. Um, that's what society does for us. Um, and so when, when a wife here is, when, submit to my husband, well, oh, ouch, um, I'll submit to him when he lives up to what his, his end of the bargain is. I mean, have ever thought that before. I'll submit to him when he lives up to his... Okay. That's a fair thought, but it's, it's not really right. Here's why. <clears throat> God will put a man in a position before he's actually fulfilled that role. God will put a person in a position before practically he has lived up to that position. God says, honor that position. 
ooh, he doesn't deserve it, Lord. I know, but honor it anyway. Trust me, he says. No, you have the best husband, so I'm looking at Carrie because I know her husband, (laughs) she's got a wonderful husband. (laughs) So I'm looking at you and I'm thinking, anybody else, I'm thinking. Here's what God does. God says, I put him in this position for a reason and you're submitting to him is going to help him grow into that position. Here's an example. In the land of Israel, Judah actually, King Josiah became king at the age of eight years old. Okay? Imagine, are there any eight-year-olds in here? Any eight-year-olds? Near eight. Almost eight. Was once eight. Who's eight? He's nine. Imagine... He became king of a country, okay? An eight-year-old, Josiah, became king at eight years old. He's in the position appointed by God. Now, (laughs) we had a big chair, (laughs) and his little feet would be dangling off the king chair, you know? He has the position, but he has not grown into that, right? Right? He has to learn. He has to be taught. He has to make mistakes. Guys, husbands, we're in the position of being the head of our family, but guess what? We're not put there because we're, we've perfected or earned it. We've put there because God said, you represent Christ in your family. That's a high calling. That's a really high calling. You're not put there because you've earned it. So when he says, wives, submit to your husbands, it's not to devalue you. It's not because he's lived up to it. It's not because he's worthy of it. Some ladies have, uh, obviously, a disrespect for, for, for their husband and for the men because maybe a past history of men or their husbands or, or neglect, and there's a lack of control, and there's often there's abuse, and there's, there's, there's bitterness, there's, there's all kinds of things that can go on. You know, relationships are a messy thing, right? And so it's understandable how some, t- how some can react and say, yeah, but it's him, I have to submit to him. But Lord, he's not, he's, you know, stay with me. God has a purpose for your submission to your husband. See, you want your husband to be that man, right? You want him to grow into the fullness of that role. It is not by you second-guessing him. It is not by you resisting him. Your resistance of his leadership will stifle him and he will not become the man of God that God intends him to be and that you really want him and need him to be. You are in partnership with God. See, I'm not looking at Kim because anything's wrong. I'm just looking at, God says, listen, he says, trust me in this. Trust me. I know what I'm doing. God says, I know what I'm doing. You want to be used by God to help your husband. But it's not in the way you think it's going to be. It's not by your direct, move over, move over, husband. Let me show you how you, you, let's, you know, stand out of the way. It's not by doing that. It's by you allowing him to lead, 
allowing him to take you the wrong direction. That happens to me all the time. I get lost in my own neighborhood. If it wasn't for GPS, I kid you not, I would get lost in the two blocks behind my house. Can I get an amen on there? I get directionally challenged. And my wife, she has a gift of direction. Okay, let's just, here's the facts. If you're going to San Diego and you call her up, I'm at such and such a place. I'm at this road marker on the freeway. Oh, you'll be there in an hour and 27 minutes and 30 seconds, and she'll be on the nose on the spot. Carrie can tell you. She has a gift for that. So when I'm driving in the car and I don't use that gift, by the way, husband, your wife is a gift. She's there to help you. In fact, technically, God says back in Genesis 1 and 2, he says, it's not good for him to be alone. Therefore, I will make him a helper suitable for him. And it's, the word that, it's a word that means Jerry Maguire says you completely. That's exactly what the Hebrew means. She completes you. She fills in the gap where you, where you lack. So there has to be this partnership. But never for you dominating him. It's allowing him to lead. And allowing him to make mistakes. And allowing him to have to learn to say, you know, honey, which way are we supposed to go? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Because, you know, five miles ago, I would have told you, but... <laughs> so what's the purpose of, of the wife submitting to her husband? The purpose is so that God can do His work in, and th- in him and through you. It is so that God can develop him as the man of God. He may not be worthy of of his practice, but because of position, that's where God has placed him. He's in a privileged position as the head of the family, and you as as like the church, there's great responsibility on him. In fact, we're going to lay really heavy on the guys probably next week because there's a whole lot, guys, we have a lot to live up to. But you as the wife have the privilege of helping him grow by letting him lead you. Do you know today, there's a, okay, if we have a prayer time or if we have a a church activity, most of the people that come are the ladies. Because men, in general, men have been discouraged from doing a lot of leadership things. A lot of men have been, you know, some men are very dominating and overpowering, and a lot of men have been just like, okay, forget about it. You want to lead? You do. you do it. I'll just go in my room and play Xbox or something, you know, and, <laughs> and check out. All right? Men, a lot of us have checked out. Meanwhile, the wife is frustrated because she's driving the boat, and she really needs your help and needs your leadership. You've checked out because you've responded to her domination of you because you've been so passive. And this is this vicious cycle that goes on. Men, we are called to be leaders in our home. Now, we're going to be leaders of, like Christ. We'll get that straight. But we are called, and, they are, and our, our, our wives are starving for that. They're wanting us to lead them. Okay, the biggest thing, wives, you can do for your husband, submit to him, yes, but pray for him. Because if he is like Christ to the family, he's going to need to hear from Jesus in a big, huge way because he has a huge responsibility before God. 
So the biggest thing a, a wife, that's why I'm so blessed to hear that the lady said a prayer time that was like, God showed up and I was like, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, because we need prayer. Sharon's like, what can, I, what can I do for you, honey? I'm like, honey, just pray for me. Be that woman who prays for her husband. Be that woman that believes in God for the great things that God has in store for him. In fact, be the, be the woman of God that prays that the seed that God has planted in his spirit and his soul will, will, will grow and blossom and flourish, and he will become the man of God God always intended for him to be. It may be the water of your prayer watering that seed and that soil and, and, and having that grow and having him flourish. Your prayers may make all the difference in the world. But if you spend most of your time, well, oh, well, well you know, what kind of man are you, you know? And no, again, nobody in here does that. I just, you know. But if you do, you're wasting your words. Direct your words instead of to put the man down to say, God, help me to pray for my husband. Help me to be that, that loving wife. Guess what? He doesn't say husbands or wives love your husbands, but it's assumed. You can't help but love your husband, right? Do you have to be commanded to love your husband? No, so that's why Paul didn't actually have to waste the words to say, <laughs> he says, I submit to them. Why? Because oftentimes that's the, that's the Achilles heel, right? That's the Achilles heel. And the Achilles heel for men is we don't always express our love for our wives. Well, we don't know how to love our wives. And ladies, how many of you guys want to hear I love you and be shown? Other than when you stood at the altar and said, I do. Yeah, honey, I love you. I said at the altar, no, I want to hear it again. So the Achilles heel for a woman is one thing. For the wife, submission. For the husband, it's, it's saying I love you. And of course, anyway, we'll get to that. The purpose. Your purpose as a woman in submitting is to allow God to develop that man that you married. That's huge. And it's divine. And it's beautiful. And it may take a lot of prayer and patience. And yes, your husband may be rough around the edges. He may be a total jerk. No, you guys in here are jerks, but he may be a total turkey. But God's not finished with him yet. And God can do things in his spirit and soul despite your efforts to control him, but through your prayers and your love that will change his heart. Okay, let me just finish up with one last thing. Because he says, Paul says, as, as the church submits to Christ, right? He uses the church as the illustration. The church submits to Christ willingly, right? The church submits to Christ. I mean, think about this. As the church, we look to Christ, right? He is our king. He is our head. He is our husband. The church is, Christ is our cornerstone as a church, right? He is, he is our rock. And even if your husband's a turkey, Christ is our rock, right? The church has a rock in Christ. Sometimes men, we need to be a rock in our, in our wives' lives. You know that. Sometimes we need to be the stable one. When life is hitting the, the bumpy waves, we need the stable one and say, honey, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Yeah, but this, yeah, but that, yeah, but that. Okay. She, the church, is rooted in in the love of Christ. Guys, is your wife rooted in your love? Is she secure in your in your love? Does she even know that you love her? Now, I'm talking to men. I'm talking to husbands, and but it's preview for next week. What does it take for a wife to submit to her husband? 
It takes humility to follow an imperfect man. It takes trust that God knows what he's doing and God knows what he's asking of you and that he's in control. See, ultimately, when Paul says, look at the Bible, look at verse 22. When Paul Paul says, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. You see that? Oh, it's on the screen. Man, you guys are fast. Ultimately, your submission to your husband is submitting to the Lord. You say, well, my husband's not the Lord. No, but the Lord is the Lord of you and of your husband. He says, as you would submit to the Lord, submit to your husband. In fact, it takes a wife to submit to her husband the ability to see past his faults and to follow Christ. So your eyes are on Christ. You're looking through your husband. You're looking at Christ. Your devotion is ultimately to Christ. You're following him, right? And you're just, you're just knowing that your husband is along the way following along. It takes patience because it may take a long time for your husband to <laughs> come on. Most ladies, were, are, 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 most ladies are, are light years ahead of their, of their guys, right? Most of you ladies, how many of you guys ever noticed this, that you're, you see things years in, way in advance? God shows you things, gives you direction way before your husband gets it. It takes patience that's, that for, God to, for you to realize that God is developing you and him and your, husband, your character as well. So it takes trust. So when your submission to, to your husband, submit as to the Lord, knowing that God wants to use you for the purpose of developing him and helping him grow into his role. Let's stop here. Lord, thank you for the time in your word. Thank you for, again, for tonight. I know we're having a short, shorter service than normal, but we are grateful for uh, the fellowship of your spirit. And thank you, Lord, for our wives. And I know there's uh, even uh, there's, uh, ladies that are here that are, aren't married yet. Uh, I pray that um, you would speak uh, to them as well concerning your love for them and and, uh, and the kind of, of woman and wife that they will be someday, uh, a, a wife and a woman that would follow Christ very closely and would pray for her husband. Father, I pr- uh, pray your blessing on the rest of our worship. Uh, thank you for your grace, and uh, we just give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.